Welcome to the Veterinary Career Services Podcast, a show for veterinarians, veterinary specialists, and hospital management. Join industry expert and president of VCS, Laura Anderson, as she interviews seasoned and accomplished veterinarians that share their paths and provide insights that can help professionals achieve their career goals. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I am excited to talk with Dr. Amanda Alpiner, who's a medical oncologist at Akron Veterinary Internal Medicine and Oncology. Dr. Alpiner completed her medical oncology residency at Veterinary Cancer Center in Norwalk, Connecticut, and took a position at the VCA Great Lakes Veterinary Specialist in Akron, Ohio. She recently joined Akron Veterinary Internal Medicine in February of 2021. Dr. Alpiner, thank you for joining us today. Yes, hello, thank you for having me. So you have been at your new hospital for about six months. How are things going? So far, things have been going great. I'm really enjoying the hospital and uh, what it has to offer. So tell me, what is the culture like at Akron Veterinary Internal Medicine and Oncology? So far, everybody is very, very friendly. It's a very um, welcoming culture. Um, everybody has been very helpful uh, with me uh, with the transition, uh, learning learning the ways. Um, so seems like it's um, a very enjoyable place to work so far. Everybody's very, very helpful um, and, and really nice. And what does a typical day look like for you, Dr. Elbiner? So my typical day um, usually is starts in the morning. I usually get to the hospital about 8.30, and my appointments uh, start at 9. So when I first get there in the morning, usually I am uh, starting with phone messages, um, looking through lab results that have come back from the previous days, and um, on occasions talking to the emergency department about any transfer cases um, or questions they may have had from cases that they saw um, overnight. But um, appointments start at about 9 a.m. and I see appointments through noon uh, with our um, consults be typically being an hour, rechecks being a half an hour. Take a lunch break at noon, um, also some catch-up time for us. And then appointments for me restart at 1 o'clock uh, through 5 o'clock. And so really just a matter of... Okay. And that's a four-day. Correct. Four days. Monday. I work Tuesday through Friday. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This Akron Veterinary Internal Medicine and Oncology is located in Metropolitan Veterinary Hospital where there are many other specialties. How does it work with you interacting with the other departments? Yeah, it's a bit of a unique setup at this hospital how each department is uh, you know, separately owned and operated, but as the whole Metropolitan Hospital it really doesn't work any differently than the other uh, specialty hospitals that I have worked at where, um, you know, they're all under one umbrella. So from a day-to-day operations 
nothing's different. Um, it all is just how the charges are separated. Um, but my interactions with the other departments are pretty straightforward. I, if I need a surgery consult, I just page for or uh, find a surgeon and they're, they're happy to, to come consult and um, talk over the cases with me. Same with neurology and cardiology. Um, anybody that I need is just down the hall. That's terrific. So it really seems pretty seamless. It's not a whole, it's not much different than if it were all under the same umbrella. Uh, employer, shall we say? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't change my interactions. I think that um, the only thing that it affects is, um, you know, how charges are put into the computer. And um, there, each department has a different receptionist, which is actually very helpful <laughs> because they know their department very well. So if a client needs to talk to the surgery department, you know, we get them in touch with their receptionist. Um, so that's that is actually, I think, helpful because they're they're very familiar with the policies and procedures of their department. And so you have a young family, and is it easy to to schedule when you need to do things? Uh, maybe go to one of your children's events or something. Is it easy for you to do that? Yes, I do have a young family. I have three kids. They're five, six, and seven, and it's. It's definitely easy if I have advance notice. Um, the hospital's very flexible and very generous if there's a day that I need off for um, a special event or a doctor's appointment. I would say that I have the same trouble as any working mom. It's hard for me to get to those immediately after school activities, you know, that start at four or five o'clock. Um, you know, because I just, um, my day usually ends at about five to six o'clock. Um, but again, as long as I have advanced notice, it's not a problem. And I recently had to change my start time. Um, my kids' school buses is going to be coming at 8.30 this year. So I needed to bump my start time from nine to 9.30. And they were very flexible with that. That's wonderful that you can put your kids on the school bus and then head to work. Yes, it's going to be really nice. <laughs> so tell me, what do you find the most rewarding aspect of being a medical oncologist? For me, I just enjoy, um, you know, the clients are just so incredibly grateful. Um, I think when it comes to oncology, clients understand cancer and they understand in, in many of the circumstances, you know, that their pet most likely, not always, most likely has a terminal illness. And they're grateful for any extra time that we can buy them. And they're also grateful for anything we can do that alleviates their pain, suffering, helps their appetite or their energy, all those improvements that we're making. Um, they're just so incredibly thankful for that, uh, you know, to, for their pet. And it's just, you know, the, the heartwarming, you know, thank you notes that we get and, um, you know, really, you know, comments about, you know, we, we didn't expect to have as much time as we did. And in the, it was under, you know, we understood what was happening and our pet was comfortable and happy. And we're just so grateful for that is, is really what makes it worth it. Cancer care is a different, a whole nother level, isn't it? Right. I mean, it's, 
it's a whole different um, world, you know, to a, to a lot of the other services. And you know, I commonly get asked, you know, well, isn't it just so sad? And I look at it as the opposite. Um, you know, I again, you know, we can't control what illnesses these pets get, but if we can. Uh, help keep them comfortable and happy and, and playing with their family for as long as possible, then uh, that's that's how I look at it, that we're actually doing good for them and helping them. Did you always know you wanted to be an oncologist? Oh, uh, to some degree, I always had an interest in the, the science of oncology. So it, I mean, my journey started as, you know, wanting to be a veterinarian when I was, you know, five years old. Um, once I got to high school, I discovered that science was really what I, uh, was most interested in and excelled in and specifically had an interest in genetics and molecular biology. Uh, so I went on to, you know, always want to be a veterinarian, but in the back of my mind thought maybe research and genetics would be, uh, my area of ex, you know, study. So I, I majored in genetics in college, joined several research labs, both on the human and veterinary side in undergrad and in vet school, um, thinking again, I was going to go along that lines. But after those experience, decided that working in a lab uh, really wasn't my cup of tea. And oncology just really married my two passions together. Um, you know, obviously the love for veterinary medicine, but oncology is just on the cutting edge of uh, science, drug development, you know, genetics and biology and how these cancers are working and skirting the system, all the new drugs that come out, um, you know, the basis of how they work. It's just to me so fascinating. I just, it's the perfect combination of the two things that I'm, I'm most interested in. Do you continue to do any research now that you're in private practice? I did my residency in private practice. And so uh, because of that, I couldn't do the type of, you know, benchtop research that a lot of residents in the university setting can do. So I don't do anything on that level anymore, but I do try and have joined many um, clinical trials um, for new drugs and new companies. And it's a good, it's a good balance. Um, you know, I still have the private practice atmosphere, which I really love. And yet I still get to help the scientific community. It just down a few levels, you know, instead of doing it in the beginning stages where it's in drug development, now I'm helping in the animal clinical trials. Um, and I, I love helping um, with those trials um, and, you know, learning about uh, the development of the drugs and, and what's been done so far. So it's been really nice to, to help with those types of studies. And are those trials done at the hospital and, and with your patients there? Yeah. And so usually um, I've been contacted by a drug company or um, a group and, um, you know, they're looking for um, essentially patients that fit their criteria with a certain cancer that they may have. And so um, what happens is, you know, they'll give me the criteria of the patient that they're looking for. And if I happen to have a patient that fits that criteria, then I have a discussion with the family 
about whether or not joining the clinical trial is something that they would be interested in. Um, and many times there's um, a great interest from families to try something new, especially if we don't have any great other options. Um, and so many families are, are quite um, excited to join a clinical trial. Um, not everybody, but it is a choice. Um, and so they get to decide. Um, obviously, we go through all the pros and the cons of traditional treatment versus what this trial may have to offer. In some cases, there's a financial um, benefit. Um, they may get you know free drug or free examinations. And so it, it's helpful from that perspective for many people as well. So yeah. That's terrific. I really don't know much about uh, clinical trials. So um, thank you for sharing that. And I'm sure it's, as you said, if there are not many alternatives, a lot of clients would love to, to, to participate. Yeah. They, they there's very few that um, aren't really excited, um, you know, especially when, you know, there's the potential to do better than what we could with standard t- treatment. So Akron Veterinary Internal Medicine Oncology is opening a second location uh, in the fall. I believe it's going to open at the end of September, early October. Yeah, we're really excited. Uh, so that new location is being built and can't wait for it to open. It's going to be wonderful and probably very busy. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be really helpful. <laughs> That area um, up in the Cleveland area, um, I think, will really benefit from another specialty hospital and emergency facility. So I think they're going to be busy from doors opening. Right. Is there anything on the horizon for the oncology department now down in Akron? So I'm pretty new, so I don't know that I know all the ins and outs, but I do know that uh, the... um, the plan is for our um, Akron facility to be remodeled. And uh, what we need is the oncology area to just be expanded. We've just outgrown our area um, with the number of patients that we're seeing um, and you know the number of uh, staff that we need to help us get through that day. So we're just we need a we need a bigger area, and I heard remodel of uh, the Akron building is next on the list. So I'm excited to see that. Oh, that's exciting! So, Dr. Alpiner, can you tell me about your technical support? Absolutely. So, from the oncology department perspective, uh, we have four oncology nurses. Two of them are dedicated to me and my clients, and Two of them are dedicated to my colleague, Dr. Gamblin. But within AVIMP, so the internal medicine group, um, each of the internists also have their assigned technician. And then there is a group of what we call float technicians who are able to um, move around amongst all the doctors and help as an extra set of hands wherever they're needed. Uh, So that comes in really handy for us on busy days or when we're trying to do a procedure such as a CT scan, uh, we can just grab one of the float technicians uh, to help us. That must be wonderful to have that support. Right. I mean, it's so crucial to a smooth running day to have those hands and, you know, trained hands, you know, that know that are confident and know what they're doing and are, are very, very helpful. And if I understand correctly, uh, there are a lot of doctors and staff with young families, so it must make it nice because everybody's kind of in the same boat. 
<laughs> it's very true. Um, you know, there's um, there's quite a lot of uh, uh, young children within the group um, and some older. So it's good to get that perspective, too, <laughs> of what happens, um, you know, as the kids get older, because uh, there's uh, I think we all have anywhere from newborn babies up through college age. Okay. And how far do you live from the hospital? I live uh, 30 minutes. Okay. And so it's not a bad commute. Not too bad. Right. I, for the previous 10 years, was commuting over an hour, um, usually close to an hour and a half, uh, both directions. So um, definitely one of the motivating factors for me uh, in the move uh, down to the Akron Hospital was uh, a little bit shorter commute, which has been great. Well, Dr. Alpiner, thank you for talking with me today. It's been wonderful to hear more about your life at Akron Veterinary Internal Medicine and Oncology, and things are working out well and exciting news about the new hospital. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I, I, I'm really happy uh, with the practice in the hospital and, and things have been going great. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Veterinary Career Services Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. For feedback, questions, discussion topic requests, or if there is anything we can do for you, feel free to contact us at laura at vetcareerservices.com. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Veterinary Career Services Podcast.